Greetings, troubled listeners, and welcome to the Troubled Men Podcast. I am Renee Coleman, sitting with my co-host, the original troubled man for troubled times, future mayor of New Orleans, Mr. Manny Chevrolet. Thank you, Renee. Always a pleasure to be here, to drive you and our guest here, yes. and buy the drinks, yes. and to uh, sit down in the uh, fabulous ring room. Yes, back in the ring room. Back in the ring room. Quiet, quiet night in the ring room. Very quiet night. Last and week was a little raucous, started off a little raucous. Yeah, it did. Yeah, I had the, uh, yeah, the did. wine tasting. Well, it was, you know, it, 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 uh, it was not... thanksgiving it, it wasn't good hysteria. for our guests to piss on the floor before we started the show. Well, that wasn't you know, a good thing. It's bound to happen when you do as many shows as we do. Yeah. You know, it's it's going to happen sooner. I'm just <laughs> he, surprised it wasn't you, frankly. He, he you didn't know. make it to the bathroom. I yeah, told him well, where it was. You know. He didn't make it to the bathroom. Yeah, that's, uh, that's, but, that's, uh, that's to be expected. Yeah. You know, hey, listen, the kind hey, of caliber of guests we Hey, I... I dig it, man. Yes. I dig, you know, the smell. It's like <laughs> reminds you of the bus station. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It reminds, reminds me, me of home. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it reminds me of you know uh, living in Chelsea, right? And uh, smelling, getting up in the morning and smelling the piss. Yes. And seeing the glass. The good old days. Good old days. Yeah. Halcyon days. Halcyon days. Exactly. So what's going on with you? Oh, not too much. You know, we just uh, made it through Thanksgiving. Yes. That was good. You celebrate Thanksgiving? I, I do. I do. Okay. It's one of my favorite holidays. You know? Really? Yeah, yeah, because it's a holiday that uh, you don't have any religious disagreements with people over. All the disagreements are political. Yeah, that's it. I was just about to say that. No, yeah. but we actually uh, managed to, to not speak of any of that. Um, I can go into that. How about how? Sounds how, like a boring Thanksgiving. Yeah, well, I think so too. I always like to talk about it, but nowadays people are just a little too uh, too overamped. How, how about you? Is it, how, how did it, it fare fun. over at the, uh, the the Chevrolet? Household? We had our usual. You know, it's funny because um, years ago, uh, the wife and I would go to the the track because the track is a big day at Thanksgiving. Right. And we Isn't live. that the opening of the season? No, then? it used to be. Okay, all right. Churchill Downs took over, and they got greedy. They opened like two weeks ago. But it's the, f- the first day of the fairgrounds. No, it's the first day of okay, horses right. running. Oh, I see. Okay, because Churchill but Downs owns the, the fairgrounds. fairgrounds. I see what now, you mean. Okay. Yeah. All right. So they started two weeks ago. When they didn't own it, the first day, opening day, would be Thanksgiving. Right. And it was very fun. Yes. But then it just got like anything down here just got too fucking big, right. too fucking crowded, and too fucking annoying. It's like White Linen Night or anything else that starts off fun, and then by right. the end of it, yeah. it's like, well, all these people from Mattery have just ruined it. Well, yeah. and, and uh, Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And um, so we stopped going around five, six years ago, but we have many friends of ours who go still. Uh-huh. And they always... So we've made a tradition now. They stop by... On right. the way to the track. Because you live in the neighborhood. We live right in the neighborhood. Yes. Um, in fact, I, um, you can smell the, the horses from our house. Yeah. No. Well, for, we know from, from uh, last week's show that that's actually a good thing. That's what, one of the good things about the New Orleans Fairgrounds, Louisiana Fairgrounds. You can see the horses. You can, and you can smell them. You can Remember smell our, them. Remember our, our guest, uh, John Swenson, whose uh, episode will be coming out this week, talked yeah. about how that's one of the big advantages is the paddock is so close. You can get so close to the horses that you can smell whether they've been drugged medicated, up drugged and, up. Yeah, you know, you can see their gait if they're throwing their right. foot out. Right. to the side they're foaming at the mouth foaming at the mouth if they're sweating stuff. on the neck and the haunches right. profusely well though I don't think on Thanksgiving you Which can see that is how I pick that. a girl too <laughs> it turns out I use all this so now that I think about it I don't <laughs> And how long have you been married? No. Yeah, no. Yeah, that's a shit. See, I picked a good one, you know. You check the teeth. But you know, on you, Thanksgiving you Day, work unless, your way down. But what happened was, for Thanksgiving, it just got too fucking crowded. Right. So we stopped going. You couldn't even get to the paddock. And if you wanted to make a bet, 
for like on the fifth race, yes. you'd have to make it on the th- during the third or fourth race right. without even seeing the horse. Okay, well that's you no know, good. that sucks. Yeah, it's it was, amateur hour. Yeah, no, that's yeah, a good day yeah, to miss. It, yeah, it's a, it's yes. a. So we have our little thing that we do. But this year, the wife and I, we uh, we changed it up a little. Okay, we changed it up. We made our little Thanksgiving brunch from eleven to two. With all our people coming over, right. we made it a, a, a kind of like a we did a key party from the seventies. Nice, you know. Okay, everyone, I like it. You know, we dropped their keys in a bowl, right? And you know they didn't. You know, it, it was great. It was fucking great. And people come by, and at the end of the party, uh, we their put cars it, are gone. Well, that's it. That's yes. you, boy. You're jumping the I'm gun sorry, here, man. man. God damn it! I'm God, the worst. I got a punchline here. I'm the worst. Oh fuck me! I'm so sorry, man. Instead, <laughs> instead of going home with someone's partner, yes, you went home with her car. Oh. And that's why we came in a Mercedes today. Oh, nice. I like it. I like it, man. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So we did. Okay. And my wife's driving. You know, she's she's got a bus token. <laughs> so, you know. But she's used to that. So. <laughs> you know. It's so we did that, and but on but before Thanksgiving, that brunch that we had. I always like to do a little, you know, it's all about, you know, they say it's Thanksgiving, so you give right. me thanks and all yes. that. So I do every year at 8 o'clock in the morning, I go down to the Ozeman Inn, you know, down on um, downtown CBD, the homeless shelter. Sure, sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I go there and I dress up in a tuxedo and I wear all this expensive jewelry and I talk to the homeless people. Okay. I talk to them about, see what you're missing, what you can be. So like know, a kind of an inspirational and the people there the counselors there they just look at me because they want me to serve food and all that uh-huh. I said no I'm not doing that right. I want to show these people what they're missing how much better they could be they could be could better be like me yeah you could, I'm better than you basically is what I'm <laughs> oh, telling them God. you know you want to be like me you want to dress like me look at this car I got you know Mercedes yeah and I always find someone to drive it you yeah, know, and yeah, I get yeah. in the back seat uh-huh. and stuff. Right, so I've been right. doing this for a few years. Okay. And for some reason, they still let me do this. Yeah, they love it. Yeah, they love it. The people get entertained. I tell a few jokes. Sure. We have some sing-alongs. Right. And then when I leave, I get in the back seat, and I throw a roll of nickels on the street, and they just chase the nickels. It's okay. fucking hilarious. Okay. They look forward to that now. They look they forward to that. They know it's coming up. Yeah, they, know they know the nickels are coming the up. The nickels, you know, nickels are coming up. And yeah. so it was a good Thanksgiving. Okay. Well, yeah. very good, man. It's yeah. a, You know, it's a good. I, I hear about other people doing these kind of humanities humanitarian um, acts on Thanksgiving some yeah, uh, I didn't realize no. that you were getting in on it but uh, you know yeah. uh, kudos to you sir yeah you know? I do it in my own special way yeah 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 my yeah. troubled way yes you know yes. Um, but I also way. I also do you know what I did also because I had all this for some reason I found like like 80 rolls of toilet paper in the trunk of my car. Okay. So well, I've been giving them to the homeless. Yeah, yeah, I've been yeah. giving them to the homeless. Okay. Just, well, when that's they, good. You know, the guys yeah. on the corner on the right, intersection. Right, right. I say, I don't have any money. I don't have any food. Right. But here's a roll of two-ply. Well, that's, you know. that's uh, uh, you know. That, they could use it. That's probably very, comes yeah. in very handy. Yeah, I'm sure imagine, it does. You know. In many ways. Yeah, know. yeah, yeah. yeah. No. Anyway, so uh, the, the, it was a good holiday. Uh, I got to spend time with people. Right, that so I managed I, to get through it without anybody uh, saying the N-word. No. No, uh, we didn't, didn't manage that. No, the <laughs> N-word, no. Uh, the, the one word that was spoken uh, I, when I went to... Uh, uh, after we had our little thing, we take a couple hours off, and then I go see my family on my mo- on my wife's side. Oh, okay. You know, out in on in River Ridge. Oh, okay. I thought this was and all that. I thought we were already into that. No, no, no. no. Oh, this okay. is just something for me and Mary and our friends. Oh, okay. You know, that's why you weren't invited. Oh, okay, good, you know. good, good. I uh, have been invited in the past. I, you I have remember, been, but you know yeah. that was. I've been seeing you too ago. much lately. That I know. I get I, it. I, I get it. I don't want to. Because I knew you would show up with a microphone. Yeah. See, I thought for sure I can't invite it because you're going to show up with. 
the microphone and start interviewing people. And, and you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We don't but Carlo was there. Oh, okay. Carlo was there. And you know what? It was guess. great. It was fucking great to see Carlo. I got him fucking hammered. No, you didn't. <laughs> Can't say that over the air. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, no, but the only friction that happened was when we drove out to my mother-in-law's house where the my wife's siblings are, right. my all my in-laws, because yes. all my family's on the West Coast. Sure. Except um, Giuseppe, who's uh, stuck in Houston County Jail. Right, anyway, right, right. Um, but I don't talk about him much. Yeah, yeah. But we got to my, in, my mother-in-law's house <laughs> And we had just missed something huge that happened. Like some fucking, you know... Big blowout. Big someone, sibling versus sibling, or oh, niece nice. versus sibling. Brother against brother. Something like that. We had yes. just missed it, and I was like so like, damn. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, no, nobody would re- recount it to you. Uh, it, it, couldn't really... Later, I, I can't get into it much yeah, yeah, because, yeah. you know... I you know I don't want to do it. Sure, I, sure, I, sure. You know because yeah, they are yeah. family and yes, yes. Yeah, you know if it was you know the family on my side, I would talk about it. Constantly, sure, sure. Well, you've wife. torched them enough already. Yeah, I torched, so. yeah, exactly. So anyway, that was that was the only thing I missed it by. Like Get smart used to say by that much. That much. You know, I missed it by that much. <laughs> yes. so. Anyway. Oh, well, there's always next year. Yeah. Hope springs eternal. Well, Christmas is coming yes, up. Yes, Christmas is coming up. And that's when the fucking jokes that's, come out. Yeah, yeah. That's that's when it all starts really heating up. But, yeah. Yes. Um, yeah, so uh, we may as well get to our guest, huh? Because he's got a lot to say. He's, uh, he's got a lot of energy. Um, I've been sitting on my hands. He's been sitting, sitting on my his, hands. He's biting his tongue. I had so many comments. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's good. Now go. So, uh, so you know, our, our guest is a, is a uh, he's not from here. Good. Yeah, yeah. Glad yeah, you, to hear you that. You can tell because he's got a lot going on. Yeah, um, he's exactly. got a lot of energy. <laughs> he's, uh, he's a writer, director, producer. Um, he's he's uh, written and directed uh, movies like Burning Annie, uh, um, Five Minutes Late. Uh, he's, he's, he's been a, a story, uh, he's worked in story and analysis for George Clooney, Steven Soderbergh. Um, all kind of things. Been in the business for many years. His uh, new movie, Laundry Day, which uh, is currently on a worldwide bar tour of New Orleans, which we're going to hear all about. It's uh, it won a Robert Evans Award at the Cineflex Festival out on the Gulf Coast. So, uh, without further ado, Mr. Randy Mack. Welcome, Mandy. Uh, hello. Hello, hello. Randy? Randy, yeah. Mandy, whatever you name. I mean, Mandy Rack was a <laughs> yeah, constant so, so uh, playground. Yeah, what a great build-up, and then you just fucked it <laughs> I know, up. I know, you just I know. fucked it up royally. It's like, welcome, Ed McMahon. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can be Mandy. You can be Mandy. Mandy. Uh, Mindy, yeah, okay. No, so Randy oh, Mack. Oh, well, welcome, Randy. I'm, I'm going to choose to think that you're confusing me with Nicolas Cage in the summer cult hit Mandy Clearly, um, clearly, there there is a strong resemblance. Yes, I'm covered in blood, kind of kind of a Nicolas Cage type, wielding a chainsaw. Yes. There you go. Yes, indeed. So, Burning Annie is this a feature? Your movies are yeah. features; they're not shorts or anything like that. They're yeah. I, typically I don't know do anything features. about you. I just met you like ten minutes ago. I yeah, this is true. Yeah. Um, so, Burning Annie was was my first feature, which um, I am technically the co-editor, uh, co-writer, and producer of. Okay. But I directed. Post production. Okay. Okay. Um, because our director stepped off the film to take a teaching uh, film school teaching job at um, Watkins in Nashville. Oh, so, okay. So I ended up basically learning uh, learning by fire uh, 
you know, the hard way, kind of thrown into the deep end. Sure. That's the way you do it, though, man. Yeah. Yes. That's the way you do it. I was trying to get into a film school for years back in Los Angeles, and all of a sudden the opportunity from a high school buddy of mine said, whose dad was a Hollywood producer said, uh, this show needs help. It's a, it's a great way to break in. I said, sure, okay, fuck. You know, spending, waiting to get into film school and then right. spending all this money to go to film school. I was already at working at the studios by the time, you know. Yeah, I, totally. Like, yeah. That's, I mean, I... Um, that, Throw, so being thrown in the fire is a good thing. Yeah, that was five years in, um, though. That was basically after college, I moved out to L.A. and uh, started as, uh, you know, an assistant, as you do. Um, worked in a mailroom at Endeavor, went up to the story uh, department, uh, became story editor. And when I, was this? Uh, this was, I moved in 98. I worked. Okay, so this is okay. Yeah, I moved to Clooney in '99 and 2000. God. That was when he, that was when he was trying to break out of his ER uh, sure, kind of thing. Sure, right. And he, in the year I worked for him, he did uh, Three Kings, Oh Brother Where Art Thou, The Perfect Storm. Oh wow! And yeah. started his production company, Section Eight, with Steven Soderbergh. And put um, Ocean's Eleven into production. Oh, okay. You know? Wow, it's busy, yeah. fertile time. Yeah, it was an amazing time. Um, and so you worked on a bunch of that stuff. I was in the office, right? So right. I was reading the screenplays. Okay. That were coming in and doing the evaluations, and then I left the company. But they liked my my analysis so much, they kept me on the payroll, and so I was able to do freelance analysis. Oh, cool. And from there, I started a whole basically story coverage uh, service um, for both production companies and struggling writers who needed notes and so on but at mm-hmm. the time what I was really looking for was like my blood simple you know my right. my um, first film my spanking the monkey my like the, the, the whole idea of like taking a no budget um, screenplay and trying to make something like great out of it like sure. a, my Reservoir Dogs my um uh, you know, you, yeah. you named those your first, first films. signature film, my yes. bottle rocket. Right, 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 exactly. right, right. So I found this script a friend of mine in college had written called uh, Burning Annie about a college student obsessed with Woody Allen's Annie Hall, and it's a romantic comedy cut from the cloth of early David O. Russell and Wes Anderson, but. Um, it's got this weird meta quality because the kid is constantly can't tell re- reality from um, his his kind of Woody Allen mental space that is mm-hmm. so corrupted by Annie Hall um, right. that he he just kind of thinks everything he thinks he can quip his way through life. Sure. And so it's this coming of age story about um, rest of development and sort of being obsessed with the like sort of media obsessions. And we we made it in two thousand, shot it in two thousand two. And we immediately went into a spiral because uh, we were out of money and then our director left and mm. it became this enormous ordeal. Um, and uh, I just, I went from basically the baby producer who was the least qualified person on the production to basically steam, you know, spearheading the entire effort for about five years. Okay. And it ended up having this ridiculous um, 11th hour, like you couldn't write it in a movie a pickup by a company with a deal with Warner Independent. Uh-huh. And so we got put out on Warner Brothers in 2007. Nice. Um, which is nuts, uh, really. And um, Movie Maker Magazine, we'd had to do a whole article for Movie Maker just explaining this journey. And, um, and then they went, immediately went out of business. So that's, um, <laughs> well, that was exciting. That's sh- yeah. Show business, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we should have seen it coming, really. But, yeah, yeah. And, Let me uh, ask you something. Ten years later, we got the rights back and we released it through Sundance. Oh, so, well, that's good. Yeah. Cool. So that Let me ask you something. Another kind of happy ending with a big asterisk. Right, right. <laughs> Let me ask you something. Um, I worked in the studios 
all through the 80s with that Sunset Gower. Really? Yeah, no kidding, yeah, right, cool. With Sunset really? Gower. Yeah. Yeah, really. Really? <laughs> you know, Raleigh. I haven't heard about that. <laughs> yeah. okay. okay. Let me ask you a question. You, we, did, we did our burning any test screenings at Sunset Gower. Yeah. Uh, I, I had an office there. Um, really? Was, really? <laughs> yeah, really. was uh, Forrest Whitaker there? Uh, this isn't during the 80s. I don't remember seeing Forrest, but you know who I used to see in the elevator a lot? And I don't know if he had an, an office or not. But I used to see him in the elevator, and I never said a word to him. Abe I Vigoda. was just, yeah, 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 yeah. Was Francois Truffaut? Oh, okay. Oh shit. Yeah, that, that makes sense in a way. He was there because if you go in the, 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 the like the the attics and the basements of Sunset Gower, you can find some fucking history there, man. There's some yeah. big history yeah. there. But anyway, let me ask you a question because you talk about you know your director left, your producer left, and then all of a sudden you're holding the bag. You got to run with this and all that kind of stuff. Back, you know, back in the seventies or even the eighties, I think now today's films, you watch film credits, and there's fifteen producers. Right. Well, that's because the studios don't make mid-budget films. Studios are basically entirely in the business of either but the producer used to be the one with the vision, and right. the director would carry that vision. Yeah. But if you have twelve, fifteen producers, because I watch a credit, I but watch they're not real producers; they're producers in title only. So that's why the PGA has started putting PGA after the names of the people who really had that the are vision. Legitimately producers. Yeah. Uh -huh. Everyone else is a bot credit. Or like I remember, what was credit. that? Uh, what right. was that film that I think Clooney won Best Picture? His his company won Best Picture, and there was like twelve guys up there getting their Oscar. You know, all the producers. Well, the um, the Academy only recognizes three producers on any film, and those pe people are allowed to then invite people up. But oh, they all okay. had they all had statues in their hands. I don't I don't know which which film do you mean? Whatever was the one he produced that won Best Picture. I don't know. Uh, I mean, he's produced a lot of. Um, um, I mean. Let's see. Michael Clayton was one of his. He did um, Good Night and Good Luck. You could say anything. Uh, man, yeah. man, he's, he's, he's not going to yeah. be a glint of recognition at any point. He yeah, I did. I think he did Argo. No, well, I'm trying to think. Did he produce? No, ben, that was Ben Affleck's. Yeah, thing. Affleck's. But Smokehouse is his new company uh, with Grant Hensloff. So I think they had a hand in it. I don't know, though. That's the thing. Okay. Because was, that was Ben's little um, comeback. So, so from rehab. That was his <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, 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 uh, so you, you you finally shepherd. So you learned a lot on that the process of having to step up and take over, right, right. in the vacuum. And uh, so you know, then you work on a bunch of other stuff, and that brings us to. Well, then I moved to New Orleans. Then you well, yeah. What brought you to New Orleans? I wanted to ask you that. What you what, were trying to kick? What Yeah, <laughs> yes. it's not a good place to do yeah, it. Yeah, I was trying to kick my why, lack. That's of, why I came. Yeah, yeah. Well, okay. well, it works for some people, but you know, <laughs> I needed to kick my lack of drug habit. So yeah, yeah. I came to there you go. There you right. go. Yeah. Um, it was it was a a coincidence. Essentially, the um, 2006 was the year we made the deal with. Um, the Warner Company, and then it was also the year my mom died of cancer. So, oh, I'm sorry. Um, and she was the last of my immediate family. And so I came down here to hang out with an old friend from uh, high school. And I'd never really been here before and just fell in love with the place. In the first 24 hours here, I met three of who are still to this day my closest friends and my girlfriend for the first six months. Um, and I just... I went back to L.A. with all my childhood belongings in a car, and I just sat in the apartment. I was like, I'm not working on Burning Any for the first time in seven years. Like, like what am I supposed to be doing with myself? Uh -huh. So I turned around and came back and, um, and fell in love, and the city was, it was just post-Katrina. So it was um, right after Thanksgiving of 2007. Oh, okay. 2006, rather. And, oh, okay. Uh, yeah, and it was crazy. Um, Did you so, go to the track? 
Um, I did not. Okay. I didn't go to the track until last year for the first time. It was very strange. Basically, like my, I've only ever lived within six block radius of Checkpoint Charlie's. I lived in the Upper Quarter, then I lived in the Maroney Triangle, and now I live on Franklin Street in the Ninth Ward. That's nothing to brag about, man. Yeah, yeah. This is not bragging. Run your horizons, man. Yeah. Nobody's bragging about this. Um, uh, that place always makes me feel bad about myself. Anytime yeah. you know, it hurts my feelings, I feel I feel worse about myself. It, 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 it's damaging to my self-esteem. <laughs> you know, people sometimes try to hire me to, to play there, and I'll play almost anywhere. You know, like like uh, Lenny Bruce said, you know, I'll, oh, I'll play dude, the, the Christian the, Science Reading Room if you hire me. I should right. Checkpoints. I don't know. So you, draw the line somewhere. You, so you relate to Stovey's character in Laundry Day. Yes. Where, who stands up and walks out of the, 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 the coffee just because she suggested he plays the checkpoints. Yes, yes. All right, yes. so Laundry Day is your New Orleans film, right? That's my, New or- that's my first film. The second, it's my first feature here. It's, here my, in New it's Orleans. my third. It's uh, your current movie film. that you've been, you've been on this, uh, this yeah. worldwide bar tour of New Orleans. <laughs> yes. As, as your, one of your means of promoting it. Yes. Tell us about that. That's very interesting. Well, it ended uh, two days ago. Right. Um, it, which is, uh, I mean, it's been an amazing experience because the, the thing about in the modern era, there's no... You can either buy a theatrical release mm-hmm. or you can kind of do some made-up guerrilla thing. Mm-hmm. But there's no kind of path to theatrical anymore unless you have decent movie stars, I mean, significant movie stars, or like some kind of pet issue, like it's a movie about Jesus or a movie about, you know, competitive pinochle playing or right, something. Right, like right, that. right, right. You need like a kind of existing Hey, cult. man, that's my, my idea. Don't hey, give it away. Sorry, man. Sorry. Well, sorry. Our, our, Register our, that. Who yeah. was our guest? That guy last week? Uh, uh, John Swenson. No, no, the, a couple um, weeks ago. Uh, Chris Poche. Yeah, he, oh, yeah, he yeah. did his thing. Flakes. He did I love his Flakes. thing. He had 21 days, basically. Well, his, his new film is the true Don Quixote, yes, which yeah. they did in 21 days. Yes. Right, yeah. So you're throwing in the fire, man. You got to get it done. So. 21 days. That's about average. That's, um, you know, three seven-day weeks or, right. you know, four, three and a half, you know, six-day sure, weeks. Sure, yeah, we can split it up. Yeah, Bert, uh, Laundry Day, we did, um, we shot December 2nd to December 24th, and then three days afterwards, right after Christmas, and then five days in the next year is just random pickups. So we're talking about uh, 20, 25 days, maybe, right. for a movie with um, uh, 35 locations and 50 characters. Wow, yeah, and, yeah, huge. You know, non-linear film takes place over a single day but follows multiple perspectives. Right. Um, lots of subjectivity. It was kind of crazy. <laughs> like, um, Well, the film I made, because I, I used to make, I had a partner back in L.A. We made a lot of short films together. Uh-huh. And we did very well with them, won prizes and all that stuff. And then when I moved down here, uh, I decided to run for mayor and secretly uh, tape the whole campaign and make a mockumentary of it. Yeah. And uh, it was called Giving It to the People. And Renee helped write a lot of it. We wrote, because it was basically, basically how the way I worked is like we write a couple beginning sentences and a couple ending sentences, and then everyone fills in the middle. Yeah, it's smart. Yeah, yeah it's smart. and uh, but it took us. <laughs> that film was like two years in the making. Did you ever finish it? Yeah, we finished yes, it. Yes, we yes. yeah, we had a very good premiere at the Zeitgeist down here. Yeah, sure, and uh, ended in some festivals. But looking back on it, it's probably it was my first shot at a feature. Mm-hmm. You know, and I shot my load. It's probably about thirty minutes too long. In, in, in <laughs> retrospect, it's like I'm looking at it sometimes going, uh, we didn't need this. We didn't need this. Yeah. It would have been better as like a 20-minute short. Yeah, brevity is the soul of wit. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, you know. Well, but it was, there was now some, you tell us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's some good scenes. Um, there's oh, some yeah. very, There's some high 
production value scenes, and then there's some really, really like cheap guerrilla filmmaking style stuff that ended up pretty well, but a lot of it looks kind of like, eh. eh. I'm fascinated by, so this is how, so Renee suggests, hey, why don't you come on the the podcast, be a guest? I said, oh, that'd be lovely. Um, I think what I said is, why don't you listen to my podcast? And (laughs) and you said, oh, no, I'd love to come on your podcast. I was like, whoa. Uh, No, I've heard you do this bit before. Whoa, Nelly. No, I think that's exactly. (laughs) I've heard you do this bit. (laughs) But but no, but here's, here, I I all, at the same time, I was like, okay, I I like this guy, because, and he's probably not from here, because he's got some juice to him. He's got some energy. I've been here 12 years. thinking, well, I know, well. Uh, and I made this note to myself and I said, uh, you know, I can tell you're not from here because you haven't given up yet. <laughs> well, hey, so, you got to define giving up, you know. Well, you know, because here's the thing. New Orleans has a very long arc. And like a lot of people said to me after Katrina, you know, we had this huge influx of, of, of new residents. And, you know, among fans of New Orleans... They're like, oh, I, I don't know. Do you think New Orleans is going to be changed for the worse by all these people? Or you think it's, uh, I'm afraid it's going to be changed. And I was like, I'm not. I'm not worried at all. I'm like, really? Why not? I said, because New, New Orleans never changes. New Orleans, either you conform to it or you leave. And these people will mm. do that. They will, interesting, yeah. They will, some of them will fall into the, the long, long arc of New Orleans. And some of them will think they're going to bend New Orleans to their will, and they will ultimately give up on that, and they'll leave. And I it'll, hope be, so. it'll yeah. be fine. I think about this a lot. Well, I gave up, but I just can't well, leave. Well, yeah, yeah. I yeah, gave yeah. up. I yeah, can't I, leave. I wanted to ask, because you've only been here a few years, right? No, no I've, I've been, been here, here about 20 years or something at this point. 17, 18 yeah. years. Oh, okay, all right, interesting. Because yeah. I am, like I said, I've only, like, my bubble of, like, residency is really small here, and I... What I've discovered as I explore the rest of the city is that I really like my bubble. I, I'm, I think that's where that's my muse okay. for my films. But um, the rest of the city is, feels like watered down, you know, like the watered down downtown pocket a little bit. It becomes more American. It's more recognizably like the rest of the country. Mm. And I've lived in 14 cities. Um, and I, I was kind of. I felt like America was almost like a done idea, even in the mid two thousands. Okay, and now I feel like there's a whole generation of people coming around to the idea of like this is the last days of of Rome in a, in a kind of way. In New Orleans, might be the last place you can kind of get away from the but sort of. Since post Katrina, I really honestly feel that you know they, they call this place the Big Easy, but I don't think it's easy for anyone to live here anymore. It's mm. really not that easy. That does fine easy economically. Like, well, yeah, it's economic. gotten more economically challenging. Yeah, yeah. It used to be cost a, of living has doubled at least. Yeah, it's it's really hard because I remember when I first moved down here, I was paying nothing for rent. Like when I lived above the Circle Bar, you know, so if I couldn't make my rent, you know, my land my landlady would just say, "Eh, you got a you got a chicken? Give me a chicken. You know, I'll give her a chicken or something like that. That kind of stuff." But now it's like, fuck. And I have, a, I have a rental. I I own a rental space that I rent out to this guy. And I can't believe how much I'm charging for it. Well, you could uh, charge yeah. less. Well, well, I could, but I, I have... You'd be losing money. Yeah, I'd be losing money. And you're not losing money, you're just... It's, it's, that's, the, that's how capitalism gets in your head. No, actually, but, but it, you know, just, just to, to uh, school you up on this, so... Mr. Filmmaker. What, what, <laughs> so uh, the, the material costs have gone up as well. So, like... Uh, you know, it used to be... And in, the hookers in, are more expensive. Yeah, 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 but they're better, too. They take Venmo now. They're better, too. <laughs> um, quality's gone up, so it's, you know, it's 
but uh, you would in, know, Renee, in Orleans Parish. Well, that's what I hear from you. <laughs> um, the Orleans Parish used to purchase a house, and your property tax would be based on the purchase price of that home until you sold it. Oh, I heard about this. Yeah, so I have a, I have a friend or two who owns a house. Po- so now, post Katrina, we we the the people of New Orleans, in their great wisdom, this was this was one of those progressive ideas that really kind of blew up in people's faces. They thought, you know, we have uh, seven, eight assessors now. Let's just have one. Well, guess what? When you have one assessor, that one assessor gets to decide what the law is. He's the king of the, of the, of the castle. Does he take bribes? Well, no. I mean, I, I don't know. I, he wouldn't for me, but no, I'm a, no indication of that, but I'm sure he does, but, uh, you don't know that. Um, I wouldn't make any allegations. Well, I you can't support. Wasn't that Na- his there, name was there, Nagin, wasn't it? <laughs> no, no. Um, there's a movie in this. Yeah, like uh, there's Ignatius a lot. Ignatius Riley becomes the the soul. <laughs> right, right. Okay, I could see. I could see that high concept. Um, this is the elevator pitch. Uh, no, so so uh, anyway, to cut it short, the uh, the property tax goes up every couple of years, and it's it can it's quite exorbitant. So then you're your uh, insurance cost goes up along with those because they have to follow the cost. So this is how it's not the evil landlords that are charging money that, you know, just so they can enrich their bank accounts. These are material costs that they're having to cover. So it's the cost of, it's a genuine cost, genuine cost of living. It's not, it's not just what what the market will bear. Yes. Their, uh, their taxes have gone through the roof. And I don't know if you saw the NOLA.com today, the report that New Orleans is one of the handful of cities where it's cheaper to rent than own a house right now. Well, because of the because of the property tax. Ways. Yeah, I could see yeah. that in some parts. Yeah, I could see that in a little bit. Yeah, there's a lot of, so who, who's who's the poor person now? The the <laughs> landowner myself, yeah. right? I'm I'm, I'm the one the, that should be pitied. Here's the whole weird thing. It's like if you if you own a house and your taxes go up so much you can't afford to maintain that house or, or keep it and you move, that's going to be snatched up by probably um, a predatory Airbnb owner who's just... Right, and right. so you end up with even... So in, in other words, that's part of the big, the larger Airbnb problem as well. Yes. It's so we're all feeding into this terrible situation we have. Well, and that's, that's the outside influence of corporate America and, and the investment uh, class of America that, that is even... You know, the idea of like a, a, a small landlord that owns one or two properties. God bless him. You know, that's like all the tax law is written against you. Like any money you make there, it's, mm. consi- it's taxed as regular income at, you know, whatever tax bracket you're in. It's not considered capital gains. So, you know, that's the kind of poor person's investment that they tax at the highest rate. If You know, rich people's investments... They tax uh, they tax at a way lower rate. So yeah, I, I, I'm really getting off on a tangent here. No, so no, let's no, get back to uh, basically uh, 40 before, years of Reaganomics. Let's let's uh, let's <laughs> yeah. uh, before we get another cocktail, Nation. And I hope you're drinking with us, Nation. Got a bit of a tickle in my throat here. Uh-huh. There might be a touch of AIDS. <laughs> okay. Not, not it. <laughs> when I said it wasn't easy anymore, you know, like it's like for, for every year they say, "What are you giving up for Lent, Manny?" I say, "Well, for Lent, I just give up." Right. That's yeah, like basically that. what I'm doing. But let's uh, let's take a break, Renee's. It's your turn to buy the next round. Okay, I guess it is. And uh, sounds fair. Yeah. Well, uh, we try to make it fair here. All right, we'll be right back. And we're back. Welcome back to the Troubled Men Podcast. 
have uh, I'm Renee Coleman sitting with Manny Chevrolet and mm. our guest Randy Mack. Booze, man. <clears throat> yeah, Nothing yeah. better than booze. Yeah, I got to say uh, the girl spit in one of y- of y'all's drinks, but I can't remember which one. It's the uh, one with the black straw. No, no, it was one of y'all's. <laughs> well, it's okay. We've swapped swapped spit, spit before. Yeah, me, right? it won't be the last time. Yeah, it won't mm. be the last time. Because she digs me like all women dig me. Yeah, yeah. Nation, I remember think she that? Did it in a, in a fun way. They she, dig you a yeah, grave. Yeah, yeah, they they dig me, man. Oh, but uh, before we get love. back to our guests, yes. I want to talk about something good, real good. quick. I, I have it here somewhere. Got a few bones to pick myself. Uh, well, yeah, Actually, you do, you? I wrote, yes. a, I wrote a joke for the show. Oh, okay. Right, let's right. hear it. Um, okay, really? Yeah, let's yeah, hear it right yeah, now. Yeah, I'm looking for something. Because right I was thinking like, it'd be funny to write a joke in the style of Manny Chevrolet. Okay. Uh, you got a very distinct kind of voice as a, as a comedy writer. All right, let's hear and, it. Randy. And, um, Randy. I was born in Brazil. I was, I was adopted and immigrated to America when I was a kid. And, oh, okay. Um, and you, your, your family is Mexican, right? My mom's side, yeah. Yeah, Mexican. Cool. So I was thinking, like, your, your Chevrolet made in Mexico, when people ask how you got here, you could just say NAFTA. <laughs> okay, we like that. Get out right now. <laughs> <laughs> we won't stand for that kind of racism. <laughs> no, there's a couple of things. Now that the holidays are here, I got uh, apparently I, I'm still on the American Girl doll mailing list. Oh, okay. Because my daughter, when she was very young, I'd like to see an American Girl doll of you. <laughs> like if you would send their picture, your picture. Oh, no, 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 they're not cheap. Oh, you know, no, they're, no, no, they're no. not cheap. But I would love to see a Manny Chevrolet American. Girl doll. Well, apparently I'm still because I bought dolls for my daughter when she was young. So, sure, you know. sure, sure, sure. So I get their catalog now. I forgot. I get their catalog uh-huh. every like November. Right. Their, their thing. They have this American doll Olympic gymnastics team. Okay. All these like five dolls standing up with their gold medals. Right. And what's what's going on with that gymnastics it's team? Tough man. And, and 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 this doctor who you know. Oh jeez, it's tough. So I I looked at this and going, this is this is this is not good. Why are they doing this? Why is American Doll doing well, this? Well, because look, not, nothing is nothing is pure anymore. There's, everything has been tainted. Everything is so violated, man. You know, it's that's the crass age we're living in. Don't you agree? I mean, yeah. Well, yeah, but Jesus. I mean, I mean, the it's hours. True. I've spent holding that catalog with one hand, it just freaks me out. Right, I hear you. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, uh, I, I saw this, these, uh, this friend of mine, this very sweet, very gentle guy, and... He got he, arrested? He gets into uh, this, this thing on Facebook that, you know, he's, he's, he's speaking from a, a pure place, but... You know, he's he's a little overamped. You know, might be a little bit late at night. Might have had a cocktail or two. You know, might might be ill advisable to even be drunk. On there. Facebook? No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That um, never happens in New Orleans. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but man, it just it uh, brings up this whole huge nasty fight, and I'm watching this going. Oh, people! No, 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 no. I mean, I don't know. You know, it's well, it's easy to fight and argue with people if you're like five, ten miles, a hundred miles away from them. Exactly. But it, and if they were face to face, I don't think they'd be fucking doing See, it. See, that's man. when I want to fight. Well, that's face it, to of face. course. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's when my exactly. blood really comes up. Exactly. You know, <laughs> break the fucking bottle and say, "Hey, hey." Or at least yeah. hurt your feelings, well, you know. Yeah, but if you're, exactly. if you're not in the room with me, it's hard for me to even generate enough juice to to, to give a fuck, you know. Well, yeah. Anyway, our know. guest tonight is. Uh, uh, Randi Mac. Yes. I like to say Randi. I know. It's not the plural, though. It's, it's Randi. I had a friend of mine who was nuts back in L.A. who put an I at the end of everyone's first name. So I was Manai. And he was Tonai. <laughs> what, 
was he was that was that like was he doing the copier guy that Rob Schneider? No, thing? no, no, no. He was he was just fucking insane. He was good. He was a great musician, great bass player. Of course, he was a bass His player. His dad was. <laughs> His dad was uh, the famous Pete Rugolo. Oh. From the Four Freshmen. Oh, really? The guy yeah. who invented Arugula. Who produced, Love the Four Freshmen. Yeah, who produced... Yeah, Pete Rugolo was uh, the father of a good friend of mine in L.A., Tony. Tony Rugolo, who uh, was a guru to many of us because he was that insane. And if you're out there listening, Tony, uh, you owe me 80 bucks. Okay. <laughs> but anyway, our friend... I've noticed uh, everybody owes you 80 exactly... Is. Well, you know, it's, well, it's the only number he can remember. That's because that's how much an eighth costs. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now you stole my joke. <laughs> All right. So, Randy, what's up with you? You have any questions for us? Uh, sure. Well, I mean, um, <laughs> so basically, the um, I wanted to tell you that. So, I uh, when I I got invited, I was like, "Cool, this is great. It'll be great for the movie." Um, but um, you know. Manny you Chevrolet. Where? Oh, to the show here. To the show. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was like, yeah. Manny Chevrolet, clearly a fake name. Like, this has got to be some kind of like Tony Clifton kind of bit. Like, what's the history here? So you, I, you I googled met, me. I met Renee because he played the opening night of the bar tour at Vaughn's. Vaughn's for Lounge. your laundry mat movie. Yeah, laundry day. Laundry day. Yes. Laundry day right. movie, which is about checkpoints, but, but checkpoints is a twenty-four is, hour bar. Is washboard Chaz in your movie? Jokes about Washboard Chazard in my movie. What are the jokes? Because I got one. Uh, Sneaky Pete, who did our soundtrack, Peter Orr, um, novelist. Uh, Why do I know this name? I heard this name player. on Thanksgiving Day. I heard this name, Sneaky Pete, from a mutual friend. Yeah. yeah okay, go um, yeah, ahead. He's, I'm a great, sorry. he's a brilliant songwriter. Is um, he? And he did the score, and he recorded a track of fake WWOZ for us. And oh, okay. in the live wire. Every other listing is washboard Chaz <laughs> every half hour through the entire night. That's a good joke. I it, like it. Because Chaz does play with a lot of different groups. He's very multi-talented. It's, a, it's, a, and, uh, it's funny because it's true. Yes. Well, I have yes. this joke. You know, uh, uh, washboard Chaz never plays on Wednesday because that's when he does his laundry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's, that's not bad. Yeah. Um, Put it in your movie. Well, Laundry Day is, um, you know, it's, a, it's basically about... A bar fight that erupts inside checkpoints. It's based on a true story that I, I that happened right in front of me while I was doing my laundry around Christmas time in 2006. And the funny thing about it is in Wait, hold on a second for people who don't know around the world and around the nation that New Orleans has these great laundromat bar restaurants. Right, and I don't think there's, you have those anywhere. There's more else. than one. Oh, there's plenty. Yeah, there's several. Oh, yeah, Igor. Yeah, Igor Igor's, owns four. Buda Valley, all those places. Right, are all owned there's, by Igor. Yeah, yeah. There, there's. Who, Lots of them down here. So, right. so like just, anything that I mean, they serve drinks at the DMV here. Yeah. So you know, it's, it's, <laughs> it, 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 it's, it's no big shock that you know you can go do your laundry and have cocktails. Yeah, but, yeah. You know. and even have a burger or sure. uh, fries or whatever. Yeah. But you know, but anyway, yeah, it's, it's bars and laundry, which I don't think you see anywhere else. No, no, I think no, you're right. Yeah, it, the laundromat bars. I'm sorry are, to interrupt. Are a just hipster affectation in like San Francisco, but the bars, the Igor bars here are they're live music venues. Yeah. They're rest. They're like. Short order restaurants, yeah, and their laundromats and bars, and so their drug dealing, yeah, and their drug dealing havens, yeah. and their yeah, yeah. their total nightmares. Yeah. But checkpoints is where like we're going the, later. The nightmare right? of yeah. the nightmare. It's yeah. the it's the redheaded stepchild, even within the Igor's family. Okay, in a way, because it's so far downtown. Compared so to the I area. haven't seen this film. It is what, what's the how many minutes is this film? It's less than ninety. Okay, so. You have a main character. It's you. It's someone like based on you, no, or is it no, just someone no. based on? 
Yeah, give us a quick synopsis. I'll yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So For me, because I'm never going to see this movie. So it's basically, it basically, it opens with the bar fight. Just basically, this kid sits down, orders a drink. This massive fight breaks down. It takes in the bartender, the band on stage, all the old men at the bar, gutter punks. And in the middle of the fight, we freeze, lock in on a character, jump back to her morning. We walk the day in her shoes, go back to the fight. She walks in the bar, the fight breaks out. We lock in on a different character, go back, and we do this over and over, and we see how all of their lives are intertwined in the neighborhood, how all of the um, you know, misunderstandings, the wow. cause and effect, who's sleeping with who behind yes. the scenes, who's lying to each other, et cetera, et cetera. And then at the end, we re- revisit the fight, and there's this big finale, and, basically, and you, you basically are taken on a trip from a bar fight being totally crazy and totally uh, nonsensical to mm. being completely understandable where every beat makes sense and you know exactly what everyone's thinking and why. Yeah, I'd like to see it's this like Stan, movie. Stanley Kubrick's The Killing. Yeah. It's, <laughs> I wish, man. I wish, yeah. It, it's, it, it's a lot like... It has elements of Rashomon. It has elements of Pulp Fiction. It has elements right. of... Yes. Um, you know, a Go, the great uh, Doug Lyman film that John August wrote. It's, it's basically... It's, it, it's my journey as an outsider in this community... To being an inside of the community, the the bar fight that I saw while doing my laundry on on Christmas um, was almost exactly the same as in the movie. And I, over the next five years, I got to know everybody. Like literally every single person in that fight, except for the gutter punk who was dragged out by her hair and was never seen again. Right. Every single person in that thing became a friend of mine. Got um, her in my trunk. And basically, (laughs) and basically, I could dispose of. I could tell the story by just listing the people. Yeah. Like I could go up to a bartender on Frenchman and say, "Oh, the biggest fight I ever saw was," and I just name the people in the room, Uh and they would go, "Oh, how big was that fight?" Yeah. Right. They just knew that combination of people it's a very insular community yes it's yeah. very incestuous here you know, well i'm surprised you saw a fight and a gun didn't break out that's that's well yeah. it, they're too poor to have guns i think it's, yeah it's, yeah it's know. not not really a gun kind of place i wouldn't expect to see a gun in, in no. uh in any of those places i did see i got tasered though <laughs> okay. which is one of my favorite <laughs> <Sure>. stories <laughs> the the uh a friend of mine who is a you have no friends someone we're your a, friends here okay <laughs> a friend of yours we did what what did he do he was uh, he sat down he was uh, he was this guy who had a bullet we never in his got finger. up he, he, was, he, was, uh, he had a bullet in his finger and he was always showing it off like and he claimed he got it in the Gulf War which was very hard to believe right and right because they weren't using small arms right and he was missing a lot of <laughs> teeth 22 um, he had you know he, he had, had a bullet in his finger yeah and he would roll it around and show it off couldn't have been a big one it had to be a small small no it caliber. was like a fraction of a bullet you know, oh okay yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah you know yeah. that fragment got fragged yeah. Yeah. yeah so the it's, alarms always went off anywhere he went <laughs> right yeah. Walgreens yeah, I don't think he flew very often um, right right and so yeah. he, he'd come <laughs> back into town fly. and I saw the, the short order cook at checkpoints giving him this like side eye and I was like what's up with you and the cook he's like oh it's okay it's just a misunderstanding between friends no worries and then we started talking about the game on TV or whatever the hell it was. And the cook comes around, he pulls out this thing, and he starts stabbing him in the, oh in, my the God. in the side. And I heard this buzzing sound, and my hair stood on end, and it was a taser. It was a giant taser, and he tased him all the way to the floor. And wait, it was a fake taser, or a real taser? It was a real taser. Oh, okay. All it was right, like yeah, yeah. you need a like a a license. Sure, sure, sure. Taser, and so it took everyone to like. You know, haul the guy <laughs> off him, and basically, and so did you get your food? Well, it turned out the so it turned out no. So here's the thing: the cook was making food for himself, oh. ordered food. So the guy was in there. So 
so everyone gathered around my friend. We threw the coke out, and then the the guy behind the bar, who should have been like the cop at the moment, right? Let the guy who tasered him sneak back up the alley and get his burger off the grill. Oh, okay. And we all caught him getting the burger and chased him down the alley out on the Frenchman Street. And it was, and it was one of those things where like I was just watching this going like. I, I got to make a sequel now. Priorities well, you know, for people. You know, man. one time I was in the uh, F&M patio lounge and I saw this guy like break a pool cue over this other guy's head. Oh, shit. And the other guy started bleeding profusely. Yeah. And then we kicked. I mean, we, I was watching it, but I was fully in support of the action. The entire bar was fully in support of the action to kick the guy that got smashed over the head out because the guy that hit him was in the right. Uh, <laughs> now, unfortunately, the what, guy did... I was going to say, the bar owners would, though, they broke their property, you know, so yeah, he's got to pay for a new queue. He, they weren't worried. It was, a, it was an old pool queue. It, was, okay. you know, it wasn't ex, an expensive one. You we know, were going to replace that one anyway. Yeah, You know, probably Tack Amusement covers that anyway, you know. Sure. But uh, now, unfortunately, the guy did go to his car and return sometime later with a small handgun. Oh, fuck. And start shooting it off in the bar. <laughs> Oh, see that's up, oh, see that's that, uptown bullshit. The one time when I actually thought I think I might get shot here, and I really, I, 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 a guy that was just a few feet away from me did get shot, but I didn't get shot. And Where, it all. It what all, part of town do you live in? Uh, I live in Carrollton now. Okay, but this was not in Carrollton. He's this lying. Was, uh, he this was uh, F and M Patio Lounge, which is. Uh, I know. I had, he thought fun, way too hard about that. Funkin' yeah. Manny's, yeah. you know, it's uh, <laughs> it's, uh, it's right on Chapatulas, uh, just uptown from. Yeah. Uh, is there from any relation Napoleon. to this Manny? No, no. So it's spelled exactly the same, but uh, there, there is no um, relation so, that I know of. So where can I see your film? Um, we got picked up by a distributor this summer. So Great. it's Amazon, it's Google Play, it's okay. uh, YouTube. iTunes. Okay. Yep, it's all the, all the usual suspects. It, not Netflix. Netflix does not do independent stuff anymore unless they make it themselves. Okay. Right, yeah. Well, yeah. yeah so. They're Netflix. And, and, uh, you, know, you I, can't I, get Burning Annie on Netflix DVD. <laughs> You can for the three of us who have DVD. Oh, okay. Yeah, you know DVD I, players. I, 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 I did all see. I do is watch DVD, and I have a VHS. Really? Player. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I still oh, have okay. a VHS player. And eight tracks. Yeah. Um, you know, so so uh, Laundry Day. It's a very good looking movie. It's it's a it's a cool movie, but it, it has it looks very professional. The sound is really good. Oh you wow! Know? Thank you. Well, that's that's all. That makes a huge difference in how people perceive a movie. You know how yeah. how how it looks, how it sounds. Bradley you know? Greer deserves a huge amount of credit for how it looks. Um, we shot it basically guerrilla style, no permits, run and gun. Right. Yeah. Um, that's total how we did our thing. Yeah. And the thing. Just we would I would text the bar owner. You know. Couple hours ahead of time and be like, okay, we're two hours out. We're one hour out. Right. And two hours go by. Okay, we're still one hour out. Right. Okay, now we're. <laughs> well, did you find, it's New Orleans. Did you yeah. find <laughs> that because it's New Orleans? Because I found because it took us so long, and we all had day jobs and stuff. And like we were that. drinking a lot too. And we were drink. Well, yeah, yeah. Anyway, well, we things. were doing a lot more back yeah, then yeah. too, baby. It was, it was, it was, it was okay. good, good, good times. Good times. I have good to see time. this movie now. Yeah. Good times. So, uh, it's okay. Yeah. yeah. But did you find because um, you know I was working with New Orleans people, it, it was like okay. Everybody, I, I set this up weeks in advance. We're going to shoot Saturday the 8th. Everyone meet at 9 o'clock at this location, blah, blah, blah. And you, I call them, you know, I, this was before real lots of cell phones were around, but, you know, the cell phone, it was like, call them up. Okay, don't forget, 
nine o'clock, Saturday the 8th, blah, 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 you know, and it come around Saturday the 8th and like no one would show up. You'd have half of the people. Yeah, half or the just, people or would show just up. me and you. So, yeah, yeah so basically our- Did you have any of that problem? We, we had that problem with our extras all the time, but our crew was surprisingly solid. Our crew was, they were, um, there was a huge number of people who were first timers and a lot of UNO graduates who were Who were interested in like, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah and yeah, they yeah. were- want to get the work. Very professional yeah. minded. They were the thinking training, that they wanted yeah. to work in, you know, because these are people, the great thing about independent film is you can give promotions. People who would be the fifth camera operator on a Tony Scott film. Right. Uh, Deja Vu, for instance, like right. they get to be DPs on a film the size of Laundry Day. Right. And so you can- It's a way to come up. Right, exactly. And it's a way for people to step into shoes maybe they, they've never stepped in, but have a lot of training in that department. Sure. And so on and so we had a lot of we had a problem with the biggest problem we had was the professionalism of studio movies meeting the professionalism of independent films I would describe it I would say there was a psychological friction of the all right, let's make our own set of rules. Let's shoot it like this. We're gonna. We're not gonna need this crew member and so on. And and you're gonna have to be much more self. So all the department heads had to be much more self motivated, self contained, yes. and much more initiative. And, and the um, the amount of support is minimal for every department. So right. If you're fifth camera on a Tony Scott film, you're probably used to huge numbers of PAs and huge numbers of assistants and so mm-hmm. on all coming around to help. And in this case, you're stepping into bigger shoes, a bigger position, and a no bigger title, there to help. and no one's there to help. And so there was a lot of like, there was a lot of people who thought the film would never get finished. In the end of the first week, we had several people walk off the film because they thought SAG was going to shut us down, which was hilarious because SAG is the only union yeah, uh, that's that not, I've yeah, ever this is never a right had a problem to, with. Yeah, this yeah. is a right-to-work state. So yeah, but SAG, SAG is the, also awesome. And the, the yeah, you can be city, SAG. Yeah, yeah, that's great. But you don't have to yeah. use SAG down here. That's True, a, but I, I like to use SAG. And, and the uh, we have a lot of actors in the city who could be... They could be household names if they were given the right material and enough work to showcase their stuff. But mm-hmm. the best actors in our city get these like day day parts essentially um, well, in these Hollywood movies, and maybe they get a lot of the day parts over the. Lord knows the cast of Laundry Day has gotten uh, their, their credits just like keep extending, but they're not getting juicy, juicy roles of really interesting people where they have to carry the film, and they absolutely can. But it's it's um it's a you know it's it's the shame of the local independent community that there's not enough independent feature work for them to really strut their stuff and well, so that's know, part of the joy for me is to write these write material and give give these people the opportunity to show what they can do you know yeah man um, and that goes for the crew and goes for the music and goes for everything you know it's like really I'm trying to create these uh, giant opportunities for people to to um, Strut their stuff on a on a level no one, no one's ever given them a chance before to do it. You know? Yeah, man, and to have somebody like you that has the, the enough juice, enough uh, horsepower to and the stick to itiveness <laughs> to finish it, because you could work really hard on something, and if it never comes out, what was it? What right. was What's it all for? You know, I yeah. mean, you you get the experience. You, you know, you can still learn a lot, but it's always more gratifying if you can say, "And I uh, here's something I did," and you get a credit, and it's you know, it actually. You know, you reach yeah. the finish line. Well, right. It's, I mean, a credit, you, there's always the IMD c- credits, but there's, you want reels, you want tape, you want, and more, moreover, you want good work that can pay dividends moving forward sure. so that you can, so that like, you know, I'm going to make, 
you know, I've already got plans for the next film, and and as we go forward, we're, I'm going to be using, reusing the best of the best that I, yeah. and so forth, and we're going to hopefully build, and you're trying I'm, to build a community exactly, here. Exactly, building the community, and, and helping other filmmakers, that's a huge part of it, too. Reaching out to people, um, I'm constantly, I don't know, it's, it's a little, the New Orleans scene is a little frustrating, um, because compared to Austin, or even the, like, the tiny little independent scene in L.A., there's not a lot of cross collaboration here. There's this like hmm. weird like these film collectives go into like a hole, make their films, and yeah. they're not really sharing them as much. Um, it's just very strange, and um, well, it's a little it's part of the character of the city a little bit, you know. It's a little bit, yeah. But it's it's um, when you read about like what happened, like what happened to Austin, Texas in the '80s when uh, Richard Linklater and, and Louis right. Black started Slacker. The films. Yeah, yeah. Like, right, Slacker came out in '89, but the Film Society was started in '84. 485, okay. and it, they had a little bit of money from the Texas uh, Film Commission um, to get going, but basically they all cross-collaborated. I mean, yeah. Linklater was a college kid, and he made a, you know, a feature-length like, kind of final project or whatever, but he used everyone, and, and then they used him. He was an actor and all these things, and uh-huh. he held boom op- arms, and he ran camera, and he did all these things for people because everyone was just using everyone around them, and right. here it's like... Sure, you because when you have like multiple, I when you have multiple used. directors, <laughs> you know they're, the, the main thing used. is you get the whole. Um, Sorry, you, there's it's just a, an above the line kind of vacuum here. There's their directors should be, I mean, just like Wes Anderson, you know, he calls David O. Russell and they watch his early cuts together and stuff. They yeah, all these all the really great filmmakers have these communities, these inner circles of directors and directors in the city need to hang together and, and support each other orgies and give too. feedback. Well, so that's the, LA. That's LA in the 80s. <laughs> yeah, so no, but you're saying that they... Here we have second lines and then everyone passes out. Uh, you're saying they, they, <laughs> they still... That's gets done. They still maintain that level of rapport amongst themselves. Exactly. That, that, uh, and it's a trust thing and it's, yes. a, it's a like, let's give like, constructive feedback kind of thing. Like, I had a great, um, one of the best, um, most in... I invited five, uh, the, there are very few feature directors in the city. There are five people who have made one or more feature films uh, that I can name um, that, I, that I have the phone numbers of. So mm, I invited sure. them all to a screening of Laundry Day, and we talked about it, and um, it was right before we locked the whole damn thing. Uh-huh. So it was, and it was, um, you know, Jason Mathurn and Zach Manuel, and, and, um, and it was great. Um, and they, they had uh, a lot of, just even watching them watch the film was incredibly useful to me. Um, yeah. And I, I really wish we could, I, you know, I keep proposing these above-the-line community events, like, uh, like meetings, and we, maybe we could get, I had this proposal for the state where, like, as part of Hollywood South, like, all these major Hollywood productions would have to give one person to, to give a talk for one hour per production to the New Orleans community so that we could learn from them and we could have a Q&A. And, and meet them and just be, yeah, have exactly, FaceTime with them. Exactly. Like, how did this film come together? Like, how did it, like, t- tell us how the machinery works because right. nobody's seeing the, the actual putting together of movies here. We're only seeing the shooting. It seems like the, the movie business is so much based on this cloak and dagger kind of thing. Like I remember when it was all coming here. Yeah, it shouldn't I, be though. I I I was like, wow, you know, movie business. You know, how how do you get involved in that? Or was like, nah, I don't know, I don't know. I I couldn't tell you. I couldn't tell you. you and that's, and yeah. it's amazing because this is the era of like the most amazing transparency well, we've ever it, had for the film business. I've always I remember growing up as a kid in L.A. It's about, and I'm sure it's the same way in many ways. It's who you know. 
Yeah, it's totally who you know. It's who you know. And well, yeah, and I, even if you know people, if, if you're not in, they don't, they're like, ah, I can't, well, can't get it's, you in. It, like, yeah, ah, it's, ah, it's very tough. It's very tough. And yeah, I, I got lucky because I knew cloistered. somebody. Yeah, I knew somebody and got me in, in the door really? and I worked as a gopher. Mm-hmm. You know, anyway, I, I, you know, film business. You know, it's a good film business, the porno film business. Because <laughs> well, it, it used to be. used to be. Yeah, Not so much anymore. Yeah, they used to make really good movies. Well, you know. No, they I used think to shoot that, them on celluloid. I think, yeah, I think just sh- like, the, like anything, any like other part Nolan. of show business, uh, it's, it's been demonetized to a great degree. You know, when, when people are giving it away, it's hard to charge money. It's hard to get anybody well, right. to pay they, for they it. They call that know? the race to the bottom. Race to the bottom, yeah. yes. That's no no pun intended, but the porn no, no. thing. But. Okay, <laughs> I get it. I like that. Good, very good. <laughs> All right, so I don't know if you know this, but um, we had the holiday where uh, the Thanksgiving and stuff like that. I, I heard about this. You Americans yeah, yeah, love this. Yeah, the Americans uh, love the giving of Thanksgiving. I think, yeah, uh, I know, for slaughtering Native Americans. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm trying not to focus on that you part, know, but, you know. And, okay. and raping the children. Oh, I don't remember and, that know, part, but okay. The anal sex with, don't the, remember that with the hillbillies and the lions and the gophers and uh, stuff. I do remember the lions. Yeah. I rem- but then, of course, what happens but after Thanksgiving is Black Friday. Yes. Uh, yeah, <laughs> where people do a lot of shopping and stuff like that. Apparently, you get a lot of discounts. I don't know anything about Black Friday. I thought it was kind of a... Uh, 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 Passé. You know, I, no, I, I thought it was like kind of a, a civil rights thing. That's okay. what I thought it was. It's Black actually, uh, you know, it's a drinking holiday. That's how it started. Uh, I'm a big... Friday. You guys fans of Modern Drunkard magazine? No. It's... the it's the most amazing magazine. It's the history of drinking in every in art, history, politics, et cetera, et cetera. And Black Friday was created because so many people were drunk and hung over after Thanksgiving that out. nobody was showing up for work oh, anyway. Okay. So they just decided to call it Black Friday and give people the day off oh, anyway. Okay. And so to be shopping. Yeah. All right, and, Troubled uh, Nation. Okay, you know, you yeah. see, you, we have guests, you know, they have areas of expertise, but you never know what kind of gems, yeah. what kind of pearls well, of wisdom they're going to pull out. I think his area is, is drinking, his area. Well, you know, that's a, but it's, then it's, all of a sudden they have, in a good spot. But they have this. He's in the uh, ring room, yeah, finally. He, they he, have this is the fellow that wanted to, to wanted to be in the yeah, ring room in the worst so sort of way. He looked and looked and searched and Google mapped it. I love it. I love the enthusiasm. I find him quite charming. But then Randy. Randi. Randi. Randus. Uh, yeah, Randus. Randusky. Oh, no, going, don't be Sandusky. We're going Latin here. Yeah, okay. But then you Randus. have this small business Saturday, which, you know, so you have the big business Friday, which they call Black Friday. Okay. Yep, that's corporate. And then they have the small business thing. Every day where should be small laundry mats are small businesses in many ways. Mm-hmm. Yes, they are. Yeah. Okay, and then Sunday, I guess Sunday is just people. I don't know what the fuck. Sunday it's was the racket. Some, yeah, Sunday yeah. was something. Yeah, it's, Sunday it's, was uh, uh, Orange Sunday. It's, it's, uh, it's I don't remember. Uh, uh, it's too long. It's the Catholic's day of raising money. Yeah, you know? I, I don't. Monday cyber. Yeah, then they have the cyber thing. Which freaks me out, this whole cyber. You know what cybering thing. means? Like, I grew up, you know, I had spent a lot of, it, I worked for a company, like, I was the. It video means game herding company. goats. No, cybering oh. means to have sex in a chat room where you're oh, just typing, wow. you know, and then I put my tongue in but your ear. But what is a chat room? I've never been in a chat room. Is it an actual room? You know, like they used to it's have on Forty like Second Street. No. You know, like like you go down there. It's a it, right. No. Well, kind of <laughs> like. Uh, I don't think you could chat you know, in those the rooms. Those are. Uh, you mean peep rooms? Like Paris, Texas, where you can like 
no. you had that glass in front of you and chat to someone. Yes. Right, right, right. right. Is that a it, chat room? It's exactly like Paris, Texas, except instead of a window, there's a bunch of text scrolling up slowly. Okay. And they're, are they your text? Or they're just, you're, you get to type and they get to type. And that's, how, that's as hot as it gets. That's what cybering is. Is it like the robot brothels? What that? What? Yeah, they're big in Japan. <laughs> yeah. They're 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 coming. Right. They're coming to All Houston. Right. So but, then, uh, so then after a whole si- other business put out of work yeah. by robots. I know. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, I think girls still have the advantage. <laughs> I think real girls still have an edge. <laughs> I mean, have you have you met a kid these days? But uh, it depends on the guys. But anyway, I was um, going to say, all right, don't listen, people. listen. The Rick and Morty uh, fans, Mac, Randy Mac. And then you can Ab- call me Armac. Armac, Armac. That's, that's, that's what people call That's my nickname you? in high school. Yeah, my nickname really? is Ray. By the way, no yeah. shit. Yes, you know what my nickname with a, is? With an E. Chev. Asshole motherfucker is that my nickname. <laughs> You're the only person that's with a nickname longer than your yeah. real. That's just what his mom used to call him. Yeah. <laughs> so he's still partial um, to it. So uh, you know what today is because we're here at the Ring Room on a Tuesday of all days. You know what to, they call today after Cyber Monday? You know what today is? Uh, no. It's Giving, right? Giving Tuesday. Yes. 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 So after you, nonprofits, all these fucking people take your money. Then on Tuesday you're supposed to give more money to people. It's like. What? I'm not giving you my money. They should put giving. Maybe do giving on Thanksgiving. Yeah, there right. That giving. That yeah. way you may not have enough money Tuesday to give it to Walmart giving. and Target. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, they got to get in further up in the line. Right. Yeah, they're, All they're right. putting them So, Armac. Armac. Yes. So, then tomorrow, what do we call tomorrow? So, I, I, I looked this up. There's nothing tomorrow. So, I thought we could come up with some stuff for Wednesday. Ass Wednesday. Ash Wednesday, asshole Wednesday. At, you pay, f- you 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 support your sex workers. Our adult filmmaker Wednesday. Well, that could be Ash Wednesday. You look like an ass adult Wednesday, filmmaker. Yeah. You, I, you could do adult. He films. does have a little bit of that yeah. vibe because he has the, the straw many, behind his he ear. He has the baby face, but he's clearly yeah, just a little bit younger than we are. Yeah, uh, a he's bit a younger. I'm 45. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, you're in clearly, the ballpark. Yeah, yeah, you're a degenerate, yeah, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. This whole laundromat thing's a scam, right? To meet chicks, <laughs> you, have right? me, you have me confused with Igor. He has yeah. a really cute girlfriend. If you yeah. still have her, I saw her. She's kudos, my friend. Oh, thank you. Yes, no, so no. hang on to her. Shout out to V. As, as my uh, as my best friend would say, chain her to the radiator. Well, he, he didn't, wow. He, didn't, he, didn't, he means uh, that metaphorically. That's speaking. romantic. Yeah, it is. It, it actually is. If you All said right. it to her, she might. I think you would be surprised how romantic she would think that is. So, all it's, right, it's all in the tone of I'm voice. Think, I'm thinking about a racer head. No. Armac. Okay, well, Armac. 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 Wasn't that a producer? Ar- no, okay. Anyway, okay, so listen, on Black Friday, Black Friday, I was watching film of all these people running for specials. You know, they, they, the malls oh, open. The stampedes. Yeah, the stampedes and stuff. I think that stuff. was the caravan, man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it could have been. They're coming for our TV. No, but this yeah, was... Yeah. This was that, that was, people I, that don't look like you are coming yeah. for your stuff. No, but... It, Be very afraid, white yeah. people. They're shopping out of your cart. <laughs> That's right. Run. <laughs> they're, they're in line ahead of you. <laughs> well, you know, the caravan... I think of the caravan people were smart. They would just tell America, says, we don't want to be here. We want to go to Canada. I yes. love that idea. Yes. Yeah, yes. Yeah. But anyway... So the I'm problem want, is we would bust them straight to the border and then Canada would be like, yeah, but, okay, but then the people would be like, wait a minute. They'd, it's cold here. They'd have yeah. to invade North <laughs> Dakota. Yeah. And, you know, what about me? When do I get to go to Canada? That's what I want to know. 
I've been to Canada. It's all right. You know, anyone can go to Canada. It's, yeah. No, anyone. Actually, pretty, my wife is kind of cool. My wife has reapplied for, or has applied for. Apparently, she has latent citizenship because her father was Canadian, and we've never looked into this before. Because whoever wants to leave New Orleans, but in the last six I months, do. my <laughs> wife has, has been like, uh. you know, I think I'm going to start filling out the paperwork. I was like, oh. go ahead and fill out that paperwork. Yeah. Baby. No, that's a great. Actually, I have a better <laughs> idea, and this is for you, Manny, too, because you can help your friend out. He's not my friend. No, no, no. Well, the stranger you do your he's, podcast with. He's yeah. talking, but, talking about the uh, Midnight Cowboy behind us. So I, uh, I've been, for the last couple of years, friend. I've been thinking about how New Orleans doesn't feel, it feels like a Caribbean port city. It yes. feels like, a yes. nor, like the northernmost part of the Caribbean and yes, not really is. like the south. Yes. Really? And how the culture <laughs> just drops I mean, it disappears. At, the education, at the, too. You know? As soon as, <laughs> as, soon as you get line. to the parish yes. line, it's, you're just back in Louisiana. There's just no fade right. out. You're and in we're also surrounded place. by water on almost every side. If that Metairie um, canal could be extended back to the river, we would completely be surrounded by water. I'm thinking campaign platform for your next run below uh, the bridges secession below the bridges okay. secede we'll become like a we'll become like a washington dc we'll have not sure if we'll, you we'll, we'll answer to dc you know we'll have one uh, representative what do you think like of this protector. idea like we that, don't oh. need we don't need baton rouge anymore okay and you'll need a passport to get in which i love and one bottle of your best booze and maybe one percent of your income free to leave but a tax to come in I'm, I'm like not sure it. they'll go for it, but I like it. I, I like it. Because we have yeah. the airport. What about we have this the idea, airport. though? This Wait. was a big issue the last election, was the monuments. Oh, forget and, you, I mean, you know, and to me... We'll put up, you know... I will get rid of all monuments. There you go. Sure. I like that. Every fucking monument ever made, I will get rid of. Put a carousel up there. Something. I would just put advertising. For Lee Circle, <laughs> for Lee Circle, I was going to do... Uh, my suggestion was Lee Dorsey. That way we don't have to rename it anything. Yeah, you know, then something bad's going to come out about Lee Dorsey, you know. So it's, it's just a matter of time. If you have it named after a person, you know, we're all fallible, you know. It's sure. A, like, just put flowers. It used to be called Tivoli Circle. Let's go back to that. There you go. Okay, I don't you know. know. Yeah, it's, it's all good. Tivoli, nothing bad. Let's call come it about. Triangle Circle. Okay. <laughs> all right. It's like AA. All right. Okay. Exactly. Uh, let's call it, let's call every, where every monument used to be, let's call it the Ninth Step. <laughs> I don't know. What's the, the, I'm like, I'm not. Ninth circle of hell. I don't, yeah. Yeah, no. the, what is the ninth step of AA? I don't know. It's uh, giving up, man. <laughs> you know, I think the that's first the first one. step. Yeah. Yeah, the, first one. <laughs> the ninth step is falling down. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, we, we never no, made it. No, nobody no. on this podcast yeah. has I ever think, made it that far. I think the ninth step is being addicted to coffee. Okay, oh, yeah, well, that's the second one. Yeah, I, um, I don't drink coffee. Anyway, anyway um, listen, Jesus, your been so name good. is Randy Mac. Randy right? Mac, R Mac, yeah, R Mac, uh, Randolph is the Randolph. Full. Randolph Mac. Both both names are a total accident. I have no ancestry or blood or lineage in either side of the. Because you're Brazilian. I, and adopted, but even adopted even on my from di- Americans, uh, yeah, uh, from Brazilians to America, right? Okay, right. Yeah, I was raised by Americans, right? Okay, and then and but even on my dad's side of the family, where the Mac comes from, is an Ellis Island mistake. Yeah, he's you know? made up a name. And my mom named me after Randolph Scott, the cowboy. Sure, that, who turned out to be one of uh, one of the gayest people in the. In the cellular Industry, closet, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, one of Rock Hudson's lovers, okay. You know, one of Cary Grant's, good-looking boy, 
Yeah, yeah. Apparently, he he only lives on as a reference in Blazing Saddles. Okay. No one really yes, knows yes, Randolph Scott yes, at all anymore. Yes. But my mom was born in the twenties, so there was like a nice. she she was my mom. Bless her heart. She was she was one of those women who. You know, really wished Liberace would find the right woman and settle down. Yeah, it could happen. Could have, could have happened, man. You know, just the right girl wasn't out there. You know, a girl with, yeah. a, with a big cock. He just, you know? he just didn't get so lucky what, with that. Here's something that you know, I work at the University of Tulane. I work at Tulane. Matt Damon. You know. I work at Tulane, and there, I had this kid working for me, and I found out the kid doesn't work for me anymore, but I found out that this kid was called himself Mac. Mac. But I found out later that Mac was actually a girl, Maxine. Okay. okay. Oh. So Maxine wanted to be Mac. Sure. Sure. So it's all this thing. So like M A C. Yeah, M A C K Mac from Maxine to Mac. Right. Right. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Sure. So I don't understand it. I'm still. I'm still so f- fucking confused about this. So this girl became a boy. Okay. Only to now want to date girls. Hey man, everybody it, gets to pick and choose. Yeah, you know? it's transgender. So, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's nothing wrong with so it. So you're a girl already, but she's a straight man. Inside. I know it's, it's confusing, man. It is. I'm so it confused is. about it this. Is. It, is. it is. It's really not that confusing. You know, I, I, me and my wife play this game at home. I think her name is more yeah. confusing. Really, you yeah, play yeah. some games at home. We've been together. You were Mac, for, and well, she's Maxine, you know, or like vice versa. Who's going to be whom today? You know, it's like a, uh, you know, we all get to pick what. Well, exactly. That's the beauty like of being, it: the you know? flexibility, like, the you know, fluidity. If you're in a so what a comfortable relationship, you could you could be Mandy. Could be yeah, but okay. So this Maxine became Mac only to date Maxine. Okay. All right. You know, to, or to fuck Maxine. This sounds yeah. like a, uh, a yeah, I don't Abbott get, and Costello routine. Yeah, well, yeah, it, right. it does. It does. <laughs> I mean, so I, I just get so confused about this because you just call uh, them both Mac. But because or, all yeah, the yeah. bathrooms, There's one Max, one Mac. All the yeah. bathrooms at the place I work are all LBGQY five. Uh, D friendly. friendly. Doesn't that just mean so? Unisex? I don't know. Doesn't mean everyone can. Use Randy Mack. I'm just asking you this as a filmmaker and a guy who knows his laundry. What is the bathroom etiquette for all these people? Do you leave the lid up, down? Do you not flush? What is the etiquette? Hmm. In a public bathroom, I leave. The lid, the way I left it, because okay. I the feel way like you found it. No, the way I left it, because well, I yeah. feel like any additional touching, even if it's with my foot, will just put more bacteria on it. Sure, sure, or on you. Or, and who needs exactly. that? Exactly, because right. you seem like me, like you're, you've loaded your load. No you seem like someone who needs some rolls of toilet paper that I have in the trunk. Of okay, my where did you have get some parting gifts? The toilet paper. You left that part out. Actually, you know, I'm, we're gonna we got to wrap up here because they've they're left kicking us, us out. Left, they're not kicking us out. They just abandoned us. I feel like uh, well, she's she like leaves. They're about to lock in, us in the, the building. No, right? She leaves. So yeah, we might have to spend the night in the 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 kinder room. Yeah, yeah. Kinder room, but uh, so so. Uh, Isn't this Randy? where they shot Saw? Uh, <laughs> yes, no. People have been shot. Talking here about for... chained to the radiator. I think yeah, that's yeah. Danny Glover over there. So, there you go, my so, friend. So let us present you with a Troubleman podcast sticker. We usually do that Yay. early in the uh, episode, but we we at least we did it sometime here. I'm putting us on my bike. Good, good, good. So uh, yeah, we got to sign off here. So uh, God, Randy, it's been so great. I knew you would be very forthcoming, and you have been. 
Yeah, thank you, my Just friend. doing my best. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I'll get in touch to be with here. you. And uh, I really Troubled Nation. see that movie. <laughs> yeah, Troubled Nation. Uh, what's our tagline again? Uh, the struggle continues. Trouble never ends. Trouble but never ends. Yeah. The struggle continues. And I got a key like the I got to pee like the Cooley Dam right now. Bye. Good night. Where's the Cooley Dam? <laughs>